It's a wonderful day to have a friend, to find a hero in you. It's a wonderful day to listen to this and find a hero in you. You can be an asshole or an ill motherfucker. Just find the hero in you. Welcome to episode four. I got my boy Casey with two up on. Me and Casey have been friends for over 20 years, and I finally get to sit him down and open him up for a conversation. The first question. Well, not really a question, but I'm going to ask you in one sentence, describe who you are. Who am I? I guess that's the question we ask all of ourselves. I guess to put it as simple and as blunt as possible is just your average person that just, I don't know, you have to run that back. Pause it, run it back. Who am I? That's a good, that's a deep question. Because that could go a million different ways. We'll just leave it running. Who am I? I don't even know how to put that into one sentence. These earphones pick up everything with it. Dude, these are freaking crisp. Really cool. <laughs> I mean, these are stupid crisp. I didn't know how close I had to be to the mic, so. Oh, uh, who am I? I'm one of a kind, I guess you could say. Not like most people. I tend to stick to myself, but in times of need, reach out to others. But I guess to put it in one sentence, I guess you just say that Casey the Tulip is just Casey the Tulip. I don't know how to put it into any simpler form than that. If you know me, you know me. If you don't, you have no idea. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Define what happiness is to you. Happiness to me, I'd have to say it's family. I mean, that's that's the, the basis to me at least of where happy and a true happiness stems from is having a loving relationship, creating life, having kids, and watching those kids grow up. I mean, to put happiness in that form is just until you actually go through that and live that and have a child of your own. It's just I don't think anybody's truly had real and 100% happiness until they actually create a human being. Yeah. What are some things that get you down? Back to the kid thing, I guess. I mean, getting down on myself constantly. You know, am I doing enough? Am I a good enough father? Do I give the kids enough time? Am I there enough? Do I provide good enough? Do I lead by example? I guess that's always my biggest thing that brings me down on a daily basis because trying to weigh 24 hours out in the day what used to seem what used to be an hour would feel like days to us as kids but as we've grown up an hour is a second a day is a minute and a week is 
a day. I mean, everything goes by so fast, so constantly bringing myself down, thinking, am I there and doing enough? Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's so easy to show love, but it's so... I mean, it's so easy to show hate, but it's so hard to show love. Mm. I think love tickles a, a part of the soul and a nerve in you that most people are just afraid to show. Because until you lose somebody that was, I mean, truly loved and then realize, damn, fast, really, time really does just fly by and it goes by so fast. So showing love is more of a... a an area that people tend to shy and hide away and not truly show others. Uh, mm. Hate is something that tickles a totally different nerve in the neurosystem and deep down in your soul that just fires you up. I mean, you get an adrenaline rush from it. Love gives you an adrenaline rush, but nothing in the same form as being able to, you know, belittle somebody if you're mad at them or whatever. Hatred just comes out so much easier, and I think that's crazy to think about it should be so much easier to love rather than hate but something about hating gets you fired up and gets that <laughs> adrenaline going i mean does it not shit yeah it does i mean you, you tell somebody you love them you get all fuzzy feeling you say fuck you motherfucker i kill you i mean your adrenaline starts pumping you start feeling good <laughs> and i mean it's fucked up as it is but I mean, it's the truth it's sad that we're wired that way but it just happens to be the way it is yeah it's it crazy, is crazy, crazy ass world. What do you find the most inspiration in your life? Uh, probably my father. For I guess all of my life, I've always looked up to him as you know my role model, my guide. What is he doing that I can actually learn from too? Because I've learned from a lot of his mistakes over the years. Right, and he's taught me. You know, even on a daily basis, we talk every single day about every single thing that we both do for the whole day. And I don't know, I just, I feel like for you, for instance, not having a dad, that's such a disconnect in somebody's life because my dad grew up without a dad. Mm -hmm. And him trying to learn how to be a dad was the craziest thing ever because he's like, how the hell do I do this? I was right. never had a father. You know, he lost his father at seven years old, so... See, and he was, he had less time, too, because mine wasn't until I was 23. Yeah, it's crazy, dude, because he always, he regrets stuff to this day. Like, why did I, you know, do this to y'all or this? And I'm like, dude, I think everything you did was great. Right. I, I raised my kids the exact way you raised me, and I, I don't see anything you did wrong. So, I mean, that's, that's my nigga, my nerve, my jelly preserve, for sure. <laughs> What's your biggest fear in life? Biggest fear. many fears. I guess the fear of losing a kid or me going before Hannah. I don't know. I guess that would have to be my biggest fear because I don't know what the hell I'd do. Yeah. You know, kid alone. I mean, Jesus. You can't. I hope nobody nobody ever has to go through that. But I don't right. know. I think I'd be lost definitely without my wife. <laughs> for sure. That's, uh, that's in the top fears for sure. Mm-hmm. In 2014, you got married. That was a huge milestone for you. Don't get married. 
Just like everything marriage takes work, I want to ask you, what's the easiest part about marriage and what's the hardest part? Ooh, kids are the hardest, by far. They're raising kids is such shit. I mean, there's so much joy to it, but geez, Pete, that's definitely the hardest part of, hey, are, are you overstepping on them or are we not reacting enough? Are we having each other's back? That's definitely the hardest part of marriage so far. Um, I guess easiest, hmm. Easiest was, at least for me, was, I guess, we never, we were traditional, very traditional, don't live together before you get married, so I guess the easiest part, which I thought was going to be a very hard part, was living together. Yeah. I was, I was afraid to death, like, is she going to be a slob, like, is she going to snore, you know, you know, you, you don't know what the hell, because I, I, I knew her for years on end, but until you truly live with somebody, you don't know their habits, but yeah. I would say that's probably been the easiest thing for me, it's just like, we've fit so easily it's simple I mean there's really nothing to it barely argue about anything except for when it comes to kids because kids again there's so many variations to how the hell do you and when the hell should you correct and how severely should you correct so those are definitely the two hardest and easiest things I mean they can go hand in hand flip flops sometimes too mm-hmm. what is something uh, people seem to misunderstand about you come on son we all know this. Casey's the asshole. <laughs> and yes, I am the asshole. Unless you take the time to get to know me and actually, truly, and genuinely want to know who I really am, I'm, I don't just give your average person walking by the best side of me. I don't think everybody deserves that. I think that's got to be earned and you got to put in time to truly, I guess, get to know me. I don't know if that's the same for everybody, but I'm just not an open book walking around showing my emotions to everybody. Mm-hmm. I keep it to myself and to my people and that's about it I will tell you how it is and how I'm feeling but that's about the extent of getting to know me right in 2015 you were involved in an accident that changed a lot in your life can you describe it and the changes that it brought on uh, well One of the biggest changes was learning how to deal with everyday daily pain while also trying to deal not only with the physical aspect, as the mental, you know, being told that you could be paralyzed by uh, something as simple as a slip and fall, just that in itself and its entirety is something that still to this day don't ever fully grasp. I mean, that's been the biggest challenge, like, you know, what does my future hold? Well, mm-hmm. You know, will I be... In a wheelchair in 10, 15, 20 years, and that's a, that's a shaky-ass feeling to think about on a daily basis. Right. And, uh, you know, it's better me in a lot of ways, too, thinking about, damn, man, when we were kids, we used to do the dumbest things, jump off of houses. Like, oh, I'll jump out a tree 30 feet up. And I'm like, why the hell is that cool? Because to this day, we pay for that. Right. We feel that. I feel that every day I get up. I'm like, damn, my knees hurt. So that, that accident definitely took a good chunk of quality out of life overall but at the same time open up a whole different perspective of how I need to slow down and enjoy the good things in life Mm -hmm. I want to talk about mental health for a second in today's society many people are struggling with uh, different things mental health drug use alcohol and just different things and I want to ask you how is your mental health Overall, or in this current period of time? 
Just current. Current? Good. I'm solid. I've never been this solid in my entire life. Everything, I mean, I, I can't complain about one thing going on in life right now. Everything's exactly on task of where I set my goals for myself. I mean, I truly, I truly couldn't be any better in mental health. Five, six, seven, ten, fifteen years ago, I mean, it's gotten better over the years, but ten years ago, mental health was not even a... Uh, in my vocabulary. Right. Didn't care Same. about anything, you know. We all go through that phase in life. I mean, more more often than not when you're teenagers, but that's sometimes that shit lingers on for years and if you don't openly talk about it with somebody that's actually been through it, it's something that will eat away at your soul forever unless you actually aggressively take care of it and get somebody else's opinion and thoughts and actions on how they took care of themselves. If you don't talk about it Right. It's something that's gonna it's gonna eventually end you. Have you ever struggled with drug use before? Yes. I mean, just like anybody. Mm. Um, one can define a drug by something that alters your state of mind, or another one can describe a drug or an addiction as something that you do every single day, something anywhere from drinking eight dollar coffee at Starbucks to smoking ten dollars worth of cigarettes a day to smoking meth I mean there's so many variations of that and you know I've fought with my problems over the years just took it on head first and realized that hey dude you gotta straighten up I mean I never let it get bad because I've always had control over myself but you know at the end of the day I always knew hey dude you gotta do you before you end up letting it do you so Right. I mean, my aspect of always looking at it is, you know, if you have a friend or somebody in need that has that problem, whether it just be something as simple as being depressed, I mean, that's an addiction and a drug in itself because that creates, you know, serotonin in your brain to create feelings and make make you feel off. So if you're just constantly waking up and fueling your mind full of, you know, horrible thoughts, those things need to be nipped in the bud and talked about to somebody else in order right. to fix that issue. If right. you let it continue to go, eventually it will go and right. take you over. Because it's happened. I mean, how many of our friends that you or just people you've even heard of have died from addiction, mm-hmm. you know, drug overdose? Especially these days with the shit they put in everything. Everything. Fentanyl is in every drug on the market. Marijuana. Cigarettes. God knows. Well, he knows. If I right. bum a cigarette off somebody, you might be dead in the next 10 minutes. It's crazy. Um, last year you started your own company. How has that been going for you? Like I said earlier, dude, scariest thing in the world, just taking that leap and not knowing, damn, how am I eat tomorrow? Or am I going to be able to ever eat? Will I be able to actually make it? It's honestly been one of the easiest roads for me in life. It's right. just, it fits. I wake up. Every single day. Don't get me wrong, there's days where I'm just tired and I don't want to get up. But when I actually get moved and get going, I don't even feel like I'm at work anymore. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm doing what I was meant to do. Like, being able to turn something that's completely torn up and, you know, looks like crap into something that's amazingly beautiful. I think that's uh, a crazy, like, very few people have that ability to see something and actually make it come to life with your hands. Mm-hmm. Very few people have that ability. And being able to do that every day I just and get paid really good money for it is just, it's awesome. 
I mean, yeah, I bet. It's, it's a crazy thought. I never really thought of it like that. And then I just sat there one day and I was like, damn, dude, I built that. Like, that's that's freaking awesome. Like when I worked with you and I was like, yeah, damn, this is pretty legit. Especially when you start something from the very beginning and you finish it at the end, you're like, wow. I mean, some of those something is a fence. Like, a fence is, mm-hmm. there's only like maybe five or six true steps to putting up a fence, but it's simple. Right. In my mind. Maybe not in a lot of people's minds, but when you're done putting up that fence, it's so satisfying to me. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, that looks so good. So, yeah, running, running a company, as far as paperwork goes, that shit's for the birds. I need to get to the point where I can pay somebody to do that because paperwork sucks. I can't stand it. Hours and hours on end. And then juggling the whole aspect of taxes, workman's comps, insurance, you name it. That's that, that side of the business. You can have that. The actual working part, I'll work seven days a week, 22 hours a day. I love it. In 2016, you became a father. How has fatherhood been for you? Fatherhood has changed me in so many different ways. To, I mean, I always wanted a boy. I mean, I'm just like any guy. You always want a boy. Oh. I always want the boy first to watch over the girl. But, dude, I got two girls now. It's the craziest thing ever. I mean, there's nothing like the grip a little girl has on a father's heart of being able to just pull it and make you do anything. The other day, she painted my nails. I told myself, dude, there's no way I'm never going to let her paint my nails. Never do toenails, straight up. Any touch my toes with no paint, but she did my fingernails, and dude, you just thought I gave her a million dollars. It was the greatest <laughs> thing to have see ever. And then walking through the door on a daily basis to, you know, two girls screaming, dad, dad, running, kissing me. That's just, that's surreal. There's no way of defining how that feels. Oh. I know you and your dad have a close relationship. If you could, describe your relationship and the impact that it has had on you. Like I said earlier, my pops is my best friend. Always has been. It took a, uh, I guess, into my middle teenage years to really open up to him and really, you know, keep it 100 with him because to this day... There's no filter between us. It's straight. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> un- unfiltered. Some people would be like, holy shit, do you talk with your dad that way? But, I mean, it's no disrespect to either of us. We don't talk right. about on each other. But the, the shit we talk about in life is just unreal. I mean, he's always, you know, been my rock to lean on. I mean, you know that. Yeah. My dad's he's a goofy dude at times, but, I mean, he's... We make anybody feel like family. Mm-hmm. They've all him and my mom. They're always like that. So yeah, hundred percent. Like, like Jarrell, for instance, would come by, and my dad would be like hiding the groceries because Jarrell was at the house, and we got two <laughs> high nigga pies ready to eat buku food. When my parents come home, Jarrell always knew my dad had them cosmic brownies, and my dad made sure he hit them. But then my dad felt bad and was like, "Hey, Jarrell, you want a brownie?" And threw it at him outside. Huh? That's just you know, my dad, dude. He's a fool. He's He's the coolest dude in the world. Yeah, he is. There's a virus going on right now called racism. No, I'm just kidding, Miss Dorona. But with racial tensions escalating all over the world right now, what is your take on all of it? My take on racism or the virus? Or the virus that is racism? Racism. 
Racism? Well, the racial tensions and shit going on right now. I mean... Brrrr. Brrrr. Um, I don't know. It's really hard to pick up somewhere on it because it's a bunch of bullshit to me. I mean, I don't see racism that out of control, at least in my perspective. I know... In situations with police, I mean, even with you and your stories of how when they pull you over compared to how when they pull me over, I've never been searched, man. I've been pulled over doing 170 miles per hour plus and got away with no ticket. Had that have been Harry G feeling free, my boy wouldn't have been free. He'd been <laughs> gone. He'd been locked up. But, uh, I don't know, man. Everything that the media is pushing is bunch of bullshit. I mean, it's all pushing this shit to get people out in the streets and to cause and wreak havoc. It's all backed by a bunch of retardedly ass rich white people. And it's just, not to say racism's not present and that it's not something that's real, but the way they portray it to be is blown way the fuck out of proportion in my eyes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't see color. I see ignorance. I, I know ignorance. I, I witness it firsthand on a daily basis. I don't think anybody should be judged just by the color of their skin. But I've told you this a hundred million times. You can pick out anybody that swears they're not racist. And this I'm like a broken record with this story. And you can ask that person if they're racist. And they can swear up down, oh, I don't see color, blah, 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 blah. But racism is stored in our genetic buildup, in my mind. I don't know if that's factual, but I feel like it is, at least just the way we were all raised throughout our entire lives. You can put that person that swears that they're not racist in the situation of trying to find gas, getting off the interstate in the middle of the night, and, for instance, the person that swears they're not racist is white. They get off the exit and on the right-hand side, the easy gas station to go in, they got a bunch of black folks and Mexicans outside, you know, drinking 40s and the gas station's a little run down. And then they got this beautiful shell across the road that you're going to have to go and hit a fucking red light, make a U-turn, and then go into the damn store. And the gas might even be 10 cents more expensive. And there's just a bunch of nice white people outside sipping martinis and laughing. <laughs> that white person is going to pull in that gas station. 99.9% of the time. And if they <laughs> yeah. lie to you, they're lying. Straight up. So, I just think this shit's blown away out of proportion. But like I said, racism is a real thing. But I try not to think about it because if we can just all put it back and get it the hell out of the way as far as between everybody's daily life, I think everybody will move on way better than sitting there staring at a TV letting it fire you up every day. Because mm -hmm. you're not going to change anybody's perspective, at least not completely. You might be able to sway them a different way, but deep down inside, that person is who that person is. And you can't yeah. change that about them. What are your thoughts on the current political climate? Fuck the political climate. I don't believe in politics. It's all a bunch of dog and pony show all pulled by strings by super rich people. Next question. Do you believe in God? Yes. God is 100% real and anybody that wants to challenge it, be my guest. Because to say that there's no God or at least some higher power is just insane. Because 
Yeah. There's things in this life, in this world, that make absolutely no sense at all in the way things happen. And it's it's all controlled. Mm. Just like the politicians are controlled by strings, we're our destiny, We it's all set in stone for us. We might be able to alter it in smaller ways, but who we are and what we're going to do is already written down somewhere. Yeah. Is friendship important to you? No. I really don't like friends. I'm pretty much stick to myself. I usually, uh, if you're a friend, that's really not a good standing in my book with me. Usually, anybody that's my friend, they uh, either just work with them here and there, or just you know have common interests. But if I mean friends, I, I don't mess with friends. Anybody that knows me and that thinks they're my friend, if they really truly know me, then that's family. I don't look at people as friends. Mm-hmm. Friends, I, I, it's either acquaintances or family. There's no in between there with me. All right. Now we're going to get into more life lessons. You and I have known each other forever. We've seen each other rise, fall, rise again, criticize one another, love, forgave, lifted each other up, the whole nine. Even through it all, we still beat ourselves up. Even when we learn to do better. Why is it that we are always our own worst critic? Being a, your own worst critic is, honestly, it might be an oxymoron. You, your worst critic, being yourself, is the best thing you can possibly have. And, you know, to look at it and be able to notice that you're doing something wrong or you need to better yourself or take a different direction. I mean, what better qualities to hold to know that you're actually doing something that you shouldn't be or doing something that you could be doing way better and you're just not putting yourself to it. So to criticize ourselves, I think that's one crazily strong like attribute about you and I. We know how to catch ourselves and stop ourselves from doing ignorant shit. At what point are we good enough to accept ourselves? Never. We're a work in progress. And until the day you die, I mean, you're going to consider, I mean, considerably work, 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 and never stop trying to get to that next level. And when you think you've actually reached that point of being content, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. You always have to adapt and change. Everything around you is changing, so you got to move with it and go in different directions and just grind it out. Never be satisfied. Yeah. What is one mistake that you've made that you will never make again? I always tell everybody if I ever get divorced, I never get married again. No, I was fucking with you. Uh, I don't know. Biggest mistake that I'll never make again. Um, I guess regretting things that I've actually learned valuable life lessons. Like, I've made the mistake of thinking that was, like, like regretting shit. And I should never regret anything. All I did was learn and grow from it. And mm-hmm. So, I guess that's, like, been my biggest mistake is I used to, like, harp on regret past things I did. Like, why did you do that? Dude, at the end of the day... Only God can judge me, so why am I right. just sitting here judging myself? Like, just just do better, be better, and everything will get better. What is something that you are most proud of yourself for? 
reaching every goal that I've actually set out for myself. You know, from a young age, uh, I've told you this numerous times, like, I just always wanted a family. Mm -hmm. That was, like, my biggest goal. Like, I didn't care about making money or, you know, having, like, super nice shit. You know, I've always liked fast cars or whatever, but, you know, but the biggest thing to me was just, like, having kids. I never thought I could have kids, and I was always, like, in the back of my mind, because, like, pull-out game, weak as fuck, sorry, like, <laughs> all my life. So I was just like, man, I'm doomed. I'll never have a kid. And uh, straight up, I don't know, man, just, like, creating that family and reaching every goal, like, you know, always to myself, man, stop working for people. Stop making other people rich. Like, not that I want to be rich, but I just want to have that freedom to do whatever I wanted. So reaching every, literally every goal I've ever set out and just, just killing it. Every deadline, every single time. I think it's just been, like, my best accomplishment ever. What is something that you think everyone should experience at least once in their lifetime? Uh, mushrooms. <laughs> Tie your shoelaces in a double knot because you're going for a fucking ride. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Everybody needs to give that a taste. That is some fine dining right there. Dog. Tell us one of your mushroom stories. Ooh. Oh, probably, I don't know, I guess I've taken mushrooms probably five times. First, two or three times were amazing. Like, body was floating, you know, mind just like opening it up to things I never thought about. Like, sitting there thinking about the craziest shit, and then the last two times I did it, oh my god, dude, it was the worst of the thing I've ever experienced in my life. Just straight. Yeah. There was like neon snakes in my shoes and centipedes crawling down my shirt. <laughs> like I was listening to Lil Wayne in my car trying to get home. Like pressure in my friends like hurry up, get me home. I was scared. Like sitting in the car listening to Wayne and every beat dropping the song and just pulsating through my, like cutting straight through my soul. Just, and then Wayne sounded just like a, a fucking demon, a little demon in my ears. <laughs> That's why if you do shrooms, be around positive people in a beautiful setting. And only do it like two other people, max, if it's your first time. Because that shit will blow your socks off. I told you, when, one of the last times I did it, when I was like, fuck. And I went and got a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. That's nothing to play with. People, if you're not in a good setting, you're, you're going off the deep end. And especially with you and I being our biggest critics, well, <laughs> if I did it right now as kids, I'd probably have a mental breakdown being a mental institute for 72 hours on lockdown because I would just sit there and be like, oh, you're a piece of shit. Why are you doing this? Oh, my God. Right. You bought a pack of cigarettes yesterday? What are you thinking? I would yeah. overthink everything way beyond. I remember I stopped that time. I, like, stopped talking to my friends for, like, two weeks because I was like, y'all have bad influence. I need to find new friends. <laughs> yeah. You are who you hang around with, son. The little girls are the devil. What is the wisest thing that someone has ever told you? No, no, I think about it a lot from time to time when it pops up. But, like, you tell me at one point years and years ago to just tell people that you love them more and to appreciate them because... You know, like, for instance, you losing your dad, me having my dad, and thinking about your 
you know, point of view on that. Uh, that always struck a real tickly nerve when you told me, like, dude, you should just tell people you love them more. I've always thought about that, and I still hesitate to this day telling people I love them. I don't know why. Oh. Like I said, it's it's a weird feeling to just, and make it, it's everybody's afraid to show affection and love. Like, right. It should just come so natural. I mean, it's a beautiful thing, and we all shy away and hide from it. Yeah. Like when we used to talk about it, and I would be like, Dude, I probably said it once to my dad, and like, yeah. And I'm like, now it's so easy to say it. Exactly, because you you realize the powerful meaning of that word. It's like I tell my kids yeah. probably, probably fifty to hundred times a day. I shit you not, I love them. I mean, we're constantly, I love you, I love you, I love you, like right. all day long. And they're kissing me, I'm <laughs> kissing them. They were, you know, I was caught up in a kissing battle on the floor earlier. They both were smothering me, and they wouldn't stop. So I always tell myself, because me and my parents don't tell each other that we love one another enough like mm. I want to say I was the first one to tell my dad once I got to an older teenage age that I loved him because my dad again didn't have a dad so he didn't right. want to talk to his sons but you know I still tell everybody I love them but not as much as I should I mean I'm, I'm guilty of it but yeah definitely when you told me to say it more that was something that really was an eye opener I know that you have experienced loss, one being your best friend in high school. How did that affect you? I guess the first initial natural feeling is uh, shock, like disbelief. Never really set in for a while, even though, you know, went to the funeral, saw him in his casket. It was just something that never truly set in. And then once it actually set in, it was instant regret and guilt. Like, was I there enough? Did I do enough? You know, I had gone and stopped him from doing the stupid shit before, and then I started to turn a shoulder, so then, you know, I always felt guilty, and like, damn, like, he, he should have known to call me that night, you know, and it was just something. You know, and I always just sat there and wondered and wondered and wondered, like, one call would have just could have possibly changed the whole outcome. You know, years to follow after that, trying to always find another friend to fill in that position and try and fill his shoes because that was like basically my one and only like brother that I did everything with. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we were inseparable. And uh Yeah, it sounds weird to say this, but there's times, you know, over the last couple of years where I almost forget. Like, not forget him, but just forget the that that happened and he's no longer here. It doesn't seem real still to this day at times because it's like, I'm so busy in my life. Like, I don't really see anybody, you know? Right. I'm always working or with the family, so. And then I start to feel guilty about that. Like, why is he not always on my mind? But at the same time, like, people can't sit around and think about that all the time. It's not healthy. Yeah. I mean... Unless it's all good memories, but at the same time, you got a million other things going on in life. You can't just keep harping over the same thing. I mean, I miss my dude to death, but it's just, I don't know. Overall, it just, it was a learning experience, and at the same time, something that, I guess, tore something out of me that never can be replaced or whatever make any sense in my mind as to why someone would actually go through it through with it. I mean, many of us have thought about killing ourselves and, mm-hmm. you know, sat there at the brink of doing it, but 
to actually go through with it is a whole nother level that's just unfathomable. I just, I can't wrap my mind around it. Yeah. What is something that no one knows about you? No one knows about me. Hmm. My nipples are pierced. <laughs> I just got it done a couple of days ago. Are you a lie? Bet. Show me. Show me the show me the nipple facts. I can't. <laughs> Hannah doesn't even know. <laughs> They're gauged. <laughs> they hurt very bad too. I yeah. No. Something I've never told anybody ever. Damn. I'm pretty much just keep it all out on the table. I'm trying to think. Never told anybody. Hmm. That since I'm a 1099 employee of Home Depot, Walmart, any other self-checkout place, I tend to uh, buy one, get one free. You know, on my own dime. I get my own employee discount. <laughs> Fuck you if you uh, don't agree with me. But if I'm going to have to go ring up my own shit, I'm going to do it. I don't tell nobody that. I just do it and feel guilty as shit. But at the same time, I'm working. I'm ringing it up. I'm not a fucking cashier. I don't know what I'm doing. So maybe I missed that item. <laughs> Black. People are better, you know. Lots of improvements. No job too big or too small. We do it all. Hey, call now and get your free estimate. <laughs> <laughs> Should have smoked that weed. <laughs> How do you picture yourself in twenty-five years? Hopefully retired, living somewhere up north, maybe uh, Colorado in the mountains. Me and Hannah just skiing and running around with the dogs. Well, maybe the dogs will be dead by then. It's a long time. Uh, yeah, they definitely. 25 years. Yeah, they'll be gone. Uh, but anyways, man, I have some other dogs. Um, just living up there, doing my own thing, man. Just like in the middle of nowhere. Just blowing trees every day and drinking some good crispy-ass Colorado coffee. Sitting on my porch and just enjoying life. Just retired and not a care in the world. If you could have anyone as a dinner guest, who would it be? A dinner guest? Ooh. Probably Megan Good, because she got that good. <laughs> yeah, she definitely, she'd be my dinner date. No, nah, I'd probably like sit down with Donald Trump, for real, and just eat dinner with this dude, really figure out what the fuck is he thinking when he opens his mouth. He literally has diarrhea of the mouth syndrome. He doesn't think before he talks, he just reacts. It's like, bro, <laughs> you're standing up for <laughs> millions. Millions and millions and millions. <laughs> millions and yeah. millions. Billions and billions of people in China. China. <laughs> China. The Chinese. I knew virus. it was coming. <laughs> yeah, he's just a fool, bro. It's like he's got good China, ideas. China, China. Yeah. I don't know. He, I'd like to sit down and, and eat some dinner with that dude. I'm like, dude, what the fuck's wrong with you? You know, he's got good ideas. and Or if it's his, his staff's great ideas. But overall, the motherfucker's enough case. I like Kung him. flu. Yeah, Kung <laughs> flu. Straight up. He's not. He's from China. China. Oh, man. So, I'm about to give you a questionnaire. Four questions. Oh, shit. 
Have you ever had sex with a black girl? No. My biggest regret. So black lives don't matter? Oh, they do. That's why I didn't do it, because I didn't want to kill that bitch with this big old fucking white snake. Next question, sir. <laughs> Trump or Biden? Uh, um, Trump, just because Biden's a straight-up pawn. <laughs> the dude looks so creeped out. He tried to bite old girl's hand at the the, the rally or whatever. It was creepy. Dude's throwed. Trump's throwed, but in a, yeah. a crazy-ass, spoiled-ass, white American, I'm a dumb motherfucker, but my daddy's got money type of way, but Biden's just an idiot. Full-blown ignorant. Do pineapples go on pizza? Does dick go on pussy? Pineapples don't go on fucking pizza. Alright, dude. We're not going over this. Pineapple ham is the best pizza you're ever going to eat. And if you don't agree... I never fucking knew. Dude. You really don't like pineapple on pizza? No. I eat pizza by your house a thousand times and I've never seen pineapple on it. That's probably because I ain't ordered it. She bought some bum-ass Supreme pizza from the damn store and I don't like that shit. Pineapple and ham. Domino's. That's it. Do you eat the booty like groceries? Of course. I fucking work at Walmart in the, the dairy section. I'm a milker. I milk the cows, baby. <laughs> Alright. Um, how would you like to be remembered when you're gone? Um, just like one word or just like uh, like that guy was that kind of guy. Just your own words. Oh, I don't know. I guess people I want to remember is always the dude that always drove like a fucking maniac. Like everybody knows me for that, so that's definitely got to be in the queue for that, no matter what. I don't know. I guess it's always just keeping it as real as I can. You know, even. <laughs> All right. Next question and the last question. Since I'm gonna give you one to turn on me, um, describe your friendship with. Harry Jizzle, motherfucker, I'm Illizzle. Um, I'll tell you, I'll have, that's not a friendship. That's something that most people don't understand. Because to be 100% honest, people always like, but, but dude, what, Harold's just crazy. How do you come by a house and just drop you off a sub? I'm like, this dude just start showing love, bro. Like, what's the matter? He's like, he dude, he literally just come by and drop a sandwich off for 30 minutes to leave. And Jason, you know, other people, he's thinking like, what the fuck, dude, it's crazy. And I'm like, all right, dude, whatever, you know, I ain't gonna sit there and try and sell your brand, but I mean, I told him about who you are, and then look at you now, dude, everybody that meets you, like, just, like, instantly vibes the fuck out with you, because they they feel the realness and know that you would never tell anybody's parents anything and shit like that. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> all right, I'm done with that. All right, episode four is complete. <laughs>